Great. Excellent. <clears throat> so, hello again. So, what I've been thinking about recently and some reflections I wanted to share with you tonight is on the, uh, the dis-ease of busyness. You may be afflicted yourself, or you may know people close to you, your loved ones, who also have this disease. It's occurred to me that it's quite prevalent, and I'm guilty as charged also. So with that in the room, I wanted to loop back to the meditation that we just did and just check in to see what that was like, because there is a lot of wisdom in, in simply being, in allowing yourself to be, instead of doing, instead of trying, instead of over-efforting, um, both on the cushion and in life. So I'm curious for those who followed the suggestions, the guided instructions during the sit, of to just be and allowing that sense of being to be present and not overdoing, over-efforting, and simply being and allowing whatever shows up to be, um, and letting go of agendas, etc. How that went, and also if you managed to get up and do the mingling, your mingling and talking and getting tea, with still that sense of being, that ease, if you managed to to keep that, if if how that shifted, if you observed anything. So did anyone try it? Any observations you'd like to share? Yes, please. And we have a microphone. Thank you. Thank you, Helga. Right there. Yeah. Hi. Thank you. Um, it was absolutely wonderful <laughs> to have um, the 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 authority. That's probably not the right word, but to just the permission yeah. to just uh, let it be, to not over overwork. Over effort, as you as you put it, um, and in have in doing that, I think I did actually what is the goal of meditation. So it, it was uh, it was quite remarkable, and uh, it was a very joyful meditation for me. So I I really loved it, and I thank you for that. Lovely, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and especially for, both for people who've been meditating for a long time, and especially for beginners, that can be the best instruction, best meditation instruction. Just be. Just be. Allow the body to just be. Be soft. Be relaxed. Just breathe. Just be. And be with whatever arises. That can be both an advanced instruction and 
a beginner's instruction, but as you notice, it can just be this allowing instead of, okay, I'm supposed to focus on my breath now, and I'm supposed to count it, and I'm supposed to do this. It just oh, becomes another doing. Whereas when you are, it's actually, it's, we're more aligned with what, what meditation is about, to just be, to be with, with whatever arises, to be with this life, to be with this mind, with this body. So thank you for that. Other observations? Hand back there. Yeah, uh, hi there. So Hello. for me, um, let's see. So I'm still working on my pot, on my posture and trying to find a comfortable position to sit in. So when you were saying like let it be, I was more like kind of wrestling with the thought of like, oh, should I just let it be and stay put and just knowing that my leg is falling asleep, mm. or should I just let it be as like. Oh, it's okay, I can move, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of keep going back and forth between those two. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, so uh-huh. I don't know if you really meant, you know, just let it be, you're in pain and you should embrace, accept that whatever, or just like, you know, take care of whatever you need to take care of. Um, yeah. or maybe you just meant both, right? So, yeah. So I don't know, I just kind of kind of went back and forth between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so what does letting... You can mean when when a discomfort arises in the body, pain doesn't mean let the pain be, or does it mean oh move? It does mean both. It does mean both. Sometimes it's 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 letting letting whatever is be and observing what is it like to be with this pain. What is what is it like to be with this sensation? And then then the decision comes. Okay, it's time to shift. Okay, let that be. Let that movement be. Being with that, not not fighting against it. So it's that attitude of ease, of, of letting whatever arises to be, whether it's this uh, decision to stay with the discomfort and, and explore that and be with that, or, or with the decision to move and with, to be with the movement. Yeah, so it's lack of resistance in a way and lack of trying, pushing. It's that. Thanks for, thank you for that question. Yeah. Other observations, other questions? One more. <clears throat> um, hi. Uh, one thing that I did in terms of the whole being uh, um, was uh, normally I associate meditation with, you know, try to just clear your mind and not think about things and know you're thinking about something, stop it. Um, but what I was doing there, or what I was doing in once I really got into it, it was more of a... Um, I may have been thinking about something at a given time, mm-hmm. but I was just letting that thought continue to its. I, I felt like I was more floating on a stream of thoughts, and just they would go by, and they may finish in a couple seconds. They may lead to a different thought or something like that. But I was just very content in just bobbing up and down as just floated by. Mm-hmm. 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 Thanks for sharing that. So in the sense of ease of watching the thoughts kind of come and go and not resisting the process. Yeah, thank you. Great. Okay. Thank you for your comments. I think that's a good segue for the talk with this attitude of, of non-efforting, of being with what is. So, so given that it's the beginning of 2015 and we often start a year with lots of projects and resolutions and things we want to do 
and accomplish and in ways we want to be. Um, and of course, there's nothing wrong with doing. Um, and we can overdo. We can have the, the dis-ease of being too busy and too, um, too tight, both in our minds and in our bodies. And this reflection came up for me as uh, I've been investigating my own busyness, how busy everything seems and how many emails I get every day and, and how late I am. Anybody else experiencing that? Am I alone? Can I have a show of hands? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and having conversations with, with other friends. Uh, I just came back from teacher training a couple of days ago and there were a group of us talking about that and also our teachers and Jack and others and, and, uh, <clears throat> talking about overscheduling and having a balanced life and realizing, wow, it's not just me. It, it, see, it seems like everyone I talk to um, has, has this, this concern of, of, of having balance, of, of not being overly busy. It, in a way, it seems like a collective societal dis-ease of busyness, over-busyness. <clears throat> There's a little... Um, story that that or, or uh, article that showed up a few years ago I think in New York Times and I want to read that for you it's called busy how you been busy how's work busy how was your week good busy you name the question busy is the answer yes yes I know we're all terribly busy doing terribly important things but I think more often than not Busy is simply the most acceptable knee-jerk response. Have you noticed that? Have you answered these kinds of questions as busy yourself? Yeah? Yeah? I see. Certainly, there are more interesting, more original, and more accurate ways to answer the question, how are you? How about, I'm hungry for a waffle. I'm envious of my best friend. I'm annoyed by everything that's broken in my house. I'm itchy. Yet busy stands as the easiest way of summarizing all that you do and all that you are. I'm busy is the short way of saying, suggesting my time is filled, my phone does not stop ringing, and you, therefore, should think well of me. <coughs> Have people always been this busy? Did cavemen think they were busy too? This week is crazy. I've got about 10 caves to draw on. Can I meet you by the fire next week? I have a hunch that there is a direct correlation between the advent of coffee chains and the increase in busyness. Look at us. We're all pros now at hailing a cab, pushing a grocery cart, operating a forklift with a to-go cup in hand. We're skittering about like hyperactive gerbils high not just on caffeine, but on caffeine's luscious byproduct, productivity. Ah, the joy of doing, accomplishing, crossing off. As kids, our stock answer to most every question was nothing. <laughs> how did, how did uh, you do at school today? Nothing. What's new? Nothing. 
Then somewhere on the way to adulthood, we each took a 180-degree turn. We crashed in our nothing for busyness. I'm starting to think that, like youth, the word nothing is wasted on the young. Maybe we should try reintroducing it into our grown-up vernacular. Nothing. I say it a few times, and I can, see my, I can feel myself becoming more quiet, decaffeinated. Nothing. Now I'm picturing emptiness, a white blanket, a couple ducks gliding on a still pond. Nothing. 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 How do we get so far from it? So, besides caffeine, in my humble opinion, the, the various gadgets that we all use, um, electronic gadgets, email, texting, I think they have made the pace of our modern life a lot faster than we really have capacity for. And previously, you wanted to call someone you know, you would call them, there was no answering machine. You didn't leave a message, you just called again. You know, you just waited or you visited or something, right? Now you text them right away and you expect a response. Or you get, or you, you get emails, thousands of emails, and you're supposed to respond to them all. It's just a sense of overwhelm all the time, which cannot be good for our health, this increasing the level of stress and cortisol. And it's interesting because um, it's really this, what's, what some people call this present hysteria with busyness is not um, a necessary or inevitable condition of life. It's something that we have either chosen or we have acquiesced to it. It's, a, it's been either a conscious or unconscious choice for many of us. So it's interesting to just stop and see what we have signed up for, what we've agreed to do with our lives, with our time. Here's a quote from an article by Tim Creeder, showed up in New York Times a couple years ago. Busyness serves as a kind of existential reassurance, a hedge against emptiness. Obviously, your life cannot possibly be silly or trivial or meaningless if you are so busy, completely booked in demand every hour, every hour of every day. It's rather interesting. I mean, there, there are various aspects to this. One is, if we weren't being busy, what would we be doing? What would you be doing if you were not busy? Nothing. Nothing, yeah. And there is a deliciousness in, in doing nothing, in a way, and having time, really, having space to contemplate life and contemplating what is really important, what our priorities are. Sometimes we're too busy that we're just going on, on, on autopilot um, without really 
organizing our priorities. You know, people call us, we get invitations, do this, do that. We just say yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. I think one, one wise step would be to learn to say no. Learn to say no graciously. And also contemplate why do we why do we take on everything that we take on? Why do we take on? I offer these as contemplations. <coughs> there is this um, there's a simile of, of rocks. I don't know if you've heard of, of prioritizing our lives according to rocks, big rocks being what are really, really important, uh, pebbles being things that are of medium-sized importance, and then sand. So if, and thinking of our time, our resources, our limited time on this earth as just a bucket. So if you take poor sand in there, and then you take, yeah, and then you put in the pebbles. There's not going to be space for the rocks, really, in, in, in a jar, say. However, if you pour it out, and first you put in the rocks, what's really, really important in your life, your highest priorities, then put in the pebbles, and then pour in the sand, then, you know, you can put in as much sand as there is space left. Whereas many times we do it the other way around. The priorities are inverted. So I think the first, first thing to do, and this is a contemplation I'm doing for myself now as the year is starting, what are my real priorities? Do I continue to say yes to every, to every invitation that comes in? And if I'm saying yes, where is that coming from? Where is that saying yes to the various invitations, offers, this and that, opportunities. Why is that? Is there a need to be? Is there a need to do? Is this the, the, the self-making, is self-making making a self? I was really moved into this contemplation. What catapulted this whole thinking for me was um, this quote, quote by uh, Thomas Merton, the uh, American uh, mystic and Catholic writer uh, who was a Trappist monk, also a poet and social activist, passed away in 1968. He said, to allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to the violence of our times. I'll read it again, that really shook me. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to the violence of our times. 
it's so interesting to see it that way, to phrase it that way, that we often think that, oh, to, to, to extend ourselves, to ever extend ourselves is, is an act of kindness, is an act of generosity, is, is we're being good, we're being kind. But to, to see it as, as a violent act that we're committing against ourselves and therefore spreading to others is a very interesting way to see, to, to, to really appreciate the overextension that we might be doing for ourselves. Is it really wise? What is wise? What is wise action? What is wise non-action? Leaving space and time in our lives for just being, for reflecting, for having space to be, to allow all the activity, all the doings of our lives, which we have plenty of, for them to reverberate in our minds and hearts. Because everything that we do, there is a reverberation in our minds, in our hearts. And we can actually see that when we allow ourselves time to just be. When we're so busy that we're just running, rushing from one activity to the next, to the next, to the next, we don't even have time to really check in with ourselves, to really feel into what's, what's happening, what is the reality of our mind and hearts. We're just reacting, we keep reacting and reacting and reacting to everything that comes up instead of just being, sitting, settling, allowing the dust to settle and, and for, for our life, to, for, for the conditions for our doings to reverberate, then at that, if we allow this reverberation to happen, um, we can actually see, we can have a better compass as to which direction to go Whereas if we're just being tired, tired, exhausted, busy, there's no, there's no place to go. There is no, um, there's no place to land. And meditation, making time for sitting, in a way meditation could be seen as that doing nothing. So I encourage, I invite all of us not to make meditating into another project, into another doing I mean, that would be adding to the violence of our times. If you make meditation into another doing, you're not doing yourself or anybody else a service because you're adding to that tightness, to that, oh, must do, must accomplish, must be. I'm a meditator, you know. Um, all science says meditation is good. I must meditate. I'm a meditator. It's, it's not accomplishing, it's just adding. It's just adding to that frenzy, to that frenzy that our lives can become. I'd like to read a couple of words from Sebene Selassie, um, Executive Director of New York Insight, on her blog. How often do I access the deep wisdom of simply being? Or is there mostly a low buzz of resistance to this very moment? A grasping connected to worrying, changing, solving, fixing, planning, getting, achieving, attaining. The mind that races 
is a mind that demands certainty and security. If I plan it all out, everything will finally be okay. Don't we all have that sense sometimes? If you plan it all out, it'll be okay. Besides being impossible, that demand makes it difficult to rest in the beauty and mystery of what simply is, the moment, presence. Whenever I pause and allow myself to reconnect deeply to my heart, mind, body, I can also remember the truth of interconnection. But this requires an intentional, sustained pause, something we all seem less and less capable to allow. So I want to invite all of us to to contemplate allowing pauses as this year unfolds, as 2015 unfolds. Scheduling non-doing time It may sound counterintuitive, scheduling non-doing time, but I think at the pace our lives go, we need to schedule those. Maybe maybe scheduling a whole day when you're doing nothing. You're just walking in nature, just being. You're just watching the birds or the sky or the grass, watching the flowers grow and being, reconnecting, just being. Reconnecting with, with your humanity and in that space of peace, of that space of silence, when you allow it, when you allow that sitting to happen, then the reverberation of what's really important, reverberation of, of thoughts of kindness, interconnection, of being, of presence, of what really matters. It's in those spaces that, it, that the thoughts, the feelings, they can arise, they can really be heard. But if we continue to be on the treadmill and run and run and run and schedule and one thing after another after another, we can never hear our own, our own calls. <coughs> so some practices, learning to say no. There is an opportunity cost when we say yes, because whatever we say yes to we're essentially saying no to something else. And over time, it takes a toll. All the things that we say yes to and all those sands that are not either the pebbles or the rocks. Another invitation is to keep in mind how when you do things, they're actually linked to larger things. So how, say, changing a diaper can be linked to loving and protecting a child, or driving to work in traffic is linked to providing for yourself and others. So keeping in mind the way that the things that you say yes to and you do how they are linked to the things that you care about. One last thing I wanted to say is really being aware of how our habits of busyness carry into our meditation, doing, wanting to be as we started in the meditation earlier. 
The self always has a project. And also investigating, I invite you to investigate and in a moment I, um, I invite you to, to do a guided, a guided reflection as to what might be behind if, if you are busy or a compulsive yes-sayer, um, what is behind it? What is, what is the, the, um, the desire that is trying to be satisfied? Is there a fear? Is there a desire? Is there, des- is there a fear of not being enough? Is there a fear of, of emptiness? Is there a fear of boredom? Is there a fear of insufficiency? Is there a fear that our overactiveness in life is trying to, to, to hide? Or is there a desire for being, a desire for being somebody or something? Or do we have an image of, of, of if I do all these things, then I will be successful and people will look up to me and I will be happy? Like, wh- what is, to investigate, what is behind that, if there is something? And what is a healthy way to relate to it? Is there a healthy way to actually, after you see what your motivations are, those hidden motivations, those hidden intentions, then they are not driving you anymore like a puppet, like a marionette where we're just being driven by our unseen intentions and desires in life. But actually, ah, okay, that's the, that's the motion for taking on that project that I really don't need because if I take on that project, then I can't have time, say, for my family, being with my loved ones. But that project, I feel if I do that, I'll be successful, I'll get, I'll get praised, and so, so seeing, seeing, investigating the intentions. So I invite you to close your eyes, get into your meditation posture for a little reflection. Settling into your body. And bring to mind if there is the sense of overwhelm or busyness or too much in your life, in an area of your life. Asking yourself, if you weren't busy, if you didn't have all the items on your to-do list, what else would there be? Is there a worry? Is there a fear (coughs) of what would happen? some of the things were let go of.
See what that brings up for you. Similarly, ask yourself, what is the desire in the mind? What does this self want to do or be? What is the agenda for creating the busyness, for all the yeses? Even though sometimes there might be the impulse to say no, enough. Is there a force in the mind that keeps wanting and pulling? What is that? There may not be one, but if there is one, see what comes up, if it has a name. What is the emotion, what's its energy? that contemplation go. And now, ask yourself, what are the important, what are the big rocks in my life? What is really, really important in my life? Category number one in this life. the ways in which I would really like to be spending my time, my priorities. Now ask yourself, what are the pebbles, the medium-sized priorities? Finally, ask yourself, what is the sand? The things that you can take or leave. Are you filling your jar first with the rocks? then with the pebbles, and then with the sand.
or is the order reversed or otherwise? If as a part of this contemplation, you're a part of the camp that your life is not busy and, and everything is under control, great. Congratulations. Stay. Don't leave. We're going to, to talk. We get into groups of three or four now. Um, so I invite you to, to get into groups of three or four. And if something came up in, we, in ways which the priorities of the rocks and the pebbles and the sand seems different from, from your highest intention. And also thinking about the habits of, of being too busy, what's underneath it. Is there, is there an aversion? Is there something that you're pushing away, something you don't want to happen? Or is there a, a greed, a wanting, is a self-making of a way to be? Or if, so if, if any of that is coming up, I invite you to share just whatever came up because it's such a powerful practice to be witnessed, just, just to speak with other people who are on the same path along with you. And if that is not the situation in your life, then if you would share in the group what are the main things that you are doing so that your life is balanced and there is not a sense of busyness. So... Um, building a community is very important as a part of Monday night and having conversations with people who are on this path with you in this hall instead of just coming and listening and having your own meditation and going home I think is really important so I invite you to take advantage of this opportunity if you wish and turn, or, turn and find people around you a group, groups of three and four and start a conversation
Raise your hand if your group needs more time. Okay. Keep going. A few more minutes. I invite you to wrap it up in one more minute. Okay, let's get back into uh, the big group. Thank your, uh, thank your partners. You can hang out afterwards and talk. <laughs> okay. Great. Oh, it's really lovely to see all the energy of, of connection in the room. It's really, really lovely. Yeah. Interconnection. So... A lot came up. That was very energetic for you. Yeah. So, um, if you'd be willing, what came up for you? What came up in your groups? Come on. There was a lot of talking. <laughs> I, I, I don't need a mic. All I, right. just, I just noticed that how different everybody was. That, you know, it's like we weren't all coming from the same 
place, uh, you know, and, and that was really interesting. That's, you know, people were, were uh, had, had I, I feel like I've, I'm totally crowding every minute in my life with stuff, and, and uh, some of the other people in their group had, had more expansive lives and, you know, more space in their lives. So it was interesting to see that dynamic. It's like everybody's not on the great great that is inspiring wonderful yeah it's nice to have role models in your group yeah yeah great <laughs> wonderful multitude of experience what else what else came up and actually let, let's use the microphones for people who may not be able to hear very well hello um, we're all teachers and a, and a parent also in the group and we, um, we returned to just being with children and realized what an honor and, and blessing it is to be with children on a da just daily because they really bring us to mindfulness. Mm. And when we're not mindful or we don't meet them with love and creativity, which really is about slowing down, being creative, you know, it's, um, yeah, you can, you can feel it. So if we meet them with anger, or we meet ourselves with anger, then anger comes in. If we meet ourselves with love and compassion, we meet them with love and compassion, mm -hmm. that comes in. Yeah. So it was just um, uh, affirmation of just, really, we were all very grateful to have children in our life. Mm. So Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> I just came off a self-induced six-month sabbatical with the intention of stepping outside the busyness and seeing what's there. And what I came to in this discussion here with this lovely group is, I don't know about balance, what, what you're meaning. For me, my experience was some tumultuous times, um, challenges, what were my rocks? Did I have any? Who am I in relationship to those rocks? And so some of it was struggle, but good, rewarding. Um, so I'm not, I'm not so much looking for balance as I am heartfulness. Lovely. Lovely. Heart, heartfulness is great. The big rocks, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, we talked about birds. Um, uh, bird watching um, and letting the birds amaze us with their variety, their tenacity, um, the impossibility of how the things that they do and how they do them, and um, how scores of people have identified so many different types, and the, they are dedicated to authenticating that they are still in existence, and it is very important for a lot of people that these birds stay in our lives, and um, 
not because they serve any purpose per se, but because they're beautiful and they matter. Mm. And how often just a presence of a bird can make or break your day. Mm. And they do matter. Yeah, thank you. I was just reflecting on what what um, the previous person when you, what you said about balance, the relationship between balance and heartfulness, and I think for me what comes up is when there is space, when there is balance in life, when there is when creates the balance. That's when there is the space for the heartfulness to come up. Other comments, other reflections, other thoughts. There's a lot going on here, too, but no hands. All right, great. (laughs) I've just moved back to the U.S. after living in France for 30 years. And um, what I noticed when I first got back here was the difference in pace Mm. and the level of busyness. And whereas I was the busy American in France, and people would kind of laugh at me, um, now I realize that I do. T- I, I I feel less guilty about the time I do take for comp- contemplation, and um, you know. But I'm starting to speed up mm-hmm. as I've been here now, transitioning in a year in. But I, yeah, it was anyway. That that was going on in my mind, trying to trying to work out what is busyness and what is contemplation and there's just like a little piece of guilt about taking that time um, in a culture where um, being busy is valued. Mm, yeah, it's, thanks for pointing that out also, bringing that into the room. It is highly valued in our culture to be productive and to be busy, yeah. So with that, the time is drawing to a close. And it was my hope and wish, not so much to impart and and teach, but really bring this reflection um, into your sphere of awareness as the year starts. Um, the, The balance of busyness and spaciousness and allowing for heartfulness arise in that spaciousness really allowing ourselves to just be, instead of doing all the time. What does that mean for you? And each person's vision might be different, but what does it mean for you? So with that, I wanted to to leave us all with a quote from the Big B, from Buddha. Uh, The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? This is a reflection that he advised practitioners to contemplate frequently and actually had this written on a piece of paper and, and taped to, um, to my mirror that I would see every day. The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? So thank you for being here tonight and for your kind attention and for your reflections.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.